Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Cosio and enjoyed that conversation with um, with so many. Well, actually, with Roxy Condry. But as we talk about the, the the tourism situation here in coastal Mississippi, it's so important that we stay focused on that one. So let's go and shift gears now and go to my friend Jeff Duncan. I told uh, one of our guests this week, Jeff, that you thought about coming over to you thought about coming over to coastal Mississippi this week because you felt like you deserved the break. But you had no idea cruising the coast was going on. And what did you learn when you tried to find a place to stay? Uh, it's impossible. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at, least in a, at the late juncture when I arrived at my decision. I do think I'm going to get over there and stay with a friend uh, for at least one night. I, I want to get over and experience the cruising the coast. and um, So I'm looking forward to it. I hope the weather participate, uh, cooperates. Yeah, no doubt. Look, I want to talk about your incredible series uh, about the secession plan of Gail Benson, but before we do that, I just want to I just want to go to one thing so people can understand sort of what's coming after we talk about that. When the Saints lose, I don't like to read anything about the Saints. We talked about that before. When they win, I can't read enough about the Saints. But you've been writing essentially, settle down, just settle down. They're still trying to find who they are. What's your headline about where the Saints are? I just think they're going through the typical growing pains of a club adjusting and making a transition to a new quarterback. Uh, if you look back and, and the numbers are, are staggering, what Drew Brees was at in his first four games, I mean, actually, James Winston's numbers are ahead of Drew Brees in a lot of ways. He didn't throw for as many yards, but he, he's thrown for more touchdowns and intercept, uh, fewer interceptions. So I, I think – we got so spoiled, we being the media and fans with Drew Brees and the level that he played at, that there's it's just been a little bit of panic. Look, the team let one slip away on Sunday, but this is still a very talented team that's going to get a lot of really good players back soon. They have a good coaching staff, and uh, they tend to do this, Ricky. I mean, last year they were one and two and scrambling around on defense and having communication errors, and the coaches tinker and adjust and they fix the problems. I mean, they have a track record of that. They have the best record in the NFL uh, over the last four and a half seasons in the month of October and November, and really no one else is close. And that just shows that Peyton is good at identifying what what's the problem with each given team and, and fixing it as the season progresses. We'll come back to some of those details in a second, but I want our lis listeners to know who are not regular listeners of mine and Jeff's conversations that we work together when I was over in New Orleans as, as publisher of the Times Speaking and president of NOLA Media Group, where obviously we had not NOLA.com as well. That's where he works today after a relatively short stint at The Athletic. Uh, while I was there, uh, the whole discussion and debate and lawsuit actually relating around Tom Benson was still alive, um, his daughter and uh, her kids were working hard to say that he wasn't really able to make decisions about secession, et cetera, and there was a big bow. Well, anyway, long story short, Jeff broke that story. Jeff has unbelievable connections. So when it came time to sort of write a story, now that Gail Vincent's in control, she has no heirs. Uh, 
What happens to the Saints? How do they make the Saints? Probably unlike any other community in the United States. I, well, I'll say it. Unlike any other community in the United States, had this symbiotic, incredibly important economic and otherwise cultural relationship with the city of New Orleans in this region. And you know, as I've read your series, Jeff, and uh, some multi-part series about secession planning, et cetera, man, they didn't leave a stone unturned, did they? No, and they really can't afford to. It's too big a decision, Ricky. And this dates back all the way uh, to when Tom Benson, his final years. I mean, this succession plan, uh, he was a big part of it. And uh, the NFL requires... Uh, because these are such big transactions and because there's only 32 teams, every one of them is so important, and the unique situation that Tom Benson and Gail Benson had with, uh, you know, his his presumed heirs and family members that were no longer going to be a part of this transaction, uh, and the fact that Gail and Tom do not have kids of their own. So uh, that made it a unique situation. A lot of people were curious what was going to happen to the teams uh, because they knew Gail Benson had had no children to leave the team to, uh, so it's been a it's been a subject of speculation and rumor uh, for years here, and uh, we were grateful that the organization and Gail Benson were willing to share their story and what their plan was with us uh, this this time around. Well, a key figure. Well, first of all, uh, the the ultimate key figure is Gail Benson and her commitment to the community. People questioned that commitment. You know, they might, some even called her a gold digger back in those days. She never got off her game one time. Gail Benson has been 100% committed to the city of New Orleans and to this team. And it's been amazing watching her. So she, she first of all, she has been a significant leader in this conversation. But when you think about Dean Lashout and the and the role that he played early on with with Tom Benson, I think he was 29 years old, had you know he was an accountant, came into the organization, earned the respect of people in the Benson organization, and how quickly he has emerged. Well, excuse me, did emerge as a leader and then ultimately becoming president of the Saints. But you think about all these key players get getting put in place, Jeff. Man, they were thinking for a long time about how this might work. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think it's a very unique situation in the NFL, what the Saints have. The fact you've got Dennis Lausha, Greg Bensel, Ben Hales, uh, Gail Benson, uh, you know, the, almost the entire management ownership team are New Orleans natives. And that's just not common around the NFL. Mickey Loomis. Yeah, well, Mickey's not a New Orleans native, but but he is, you know, he's lived here now for 25 years. They just got a lot of people that are from here that want to see this team succeed and uh, want to keep the team here. So I think that is important. They understand the unique relationship you mentioned earlier between the city and the fans and this team. It's as close as it gets to the Green Bay Packers. And um, I, that'll never happen, in, in, unfortunately, in in the NFL again, there won't be a public ownership like the Packers have. But this is about as close as it gets because the team gets so much public support from the state of Louisiana through taxpayer uh, subsidies uh, that that Gail Benson, I think, is very refreshing in how she looks at her role as an owner. I mean, she even said it in the story that she feels like she's a steward of this team and, and she gets it. It's not all about her. And uh, I just think that's a great way to look at it because I think it's very true. She has come out of this 
extraordinarily classy, extraordinarily willing to sort of pass the the the, the attention to other people. Her her commitment to the nonprofit community and all of that, just incredible what that means. And we'll get to what this means in terms of literally one of the most significant foundations in any community in the United States. But before we do that, Dennis really cut his teeth, though, when he was doing the super, you know, the Superdome deals. And I want you to kind of describe to people this, I guess at times kind of rocky road, but this incredibly important relationship the Saints have with the Superdome. Well, what the Saints need is a very favorable lease agreement with the state of Louisiana at the Superdome. They don't have to pay any rent. Uh, and that's un, un, very unusual in the NFL. Uh, they have a lot of revenue stream thresholds that they get within the building that a lot of other teams don't get. And this allows them to compete in a league with bigger market teams like the Dallas Cowboys and Los Angeles Rams that have much more thriving economies and, and, and economic bases. Uh, more Fortune 500 companies that buy up the big expensive luxury suites and sponsorship deals. The Saints just don't have that in New Orleans. I mean, Dennis Lauscher calls the Saints the Walmart of the NFL. You know, they, they have smaller margins. They have to turn over a lot of tickets. They have to always sell out the building. But this deal that they have with the state keeps them really, if they're successful in selling out their games and getting people uh, to come to the games so they can have merchandise, parking, uh, you know, concession sales, they can compete in the top 12 or so teams in the league revenue-wise. And that was Tom Benson's goal all along. There's 12 playoff teams every year. Now there's 14. But at the time, he wanted to be in the top 12 in revenue so he could compete off the field as well as on the field. And uh, the state has cooperated and, and done that. And I think what that says, Ricky, and, and look, we're all here in the Gulf Coast, the most football-passionate part of the country. What people have said in this state is we want – to not just have an NFL team that's surviving and, and able to be in the league. We want a good team. That's what the taxpayers have said by endorsing these deals. Uh, we want to put the Saints in a competitive situation so they can compete for titles. And I think that's really what came out of these stories that we did. And what's important is that Dennis Lashaw, again, the president of the Saints organization, he came out of that known as a tough negotiator, but a fair a guy. I mean, a, a guy who could, could keep relationships, but still be a tough negotiator. And I told you in my dealings with him when I was over in New Orleans was, he always went out of his way to speak to me. He he, he wanted to know how things were going. He, he didn't feel like he was better than me or better than anyone around him. He, he just, he's a guy who seems to be incredibly comfortable in his own skin. When we come back, we'll close the loop on Dennis and then talk about this incredible legacy that they'll leave the city of New Orleans and the region when we come back with our conversation with Jeff Duncan. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Listen, uh, I always enjoy my conversations with Jeff Duncan. We need to get to the Saints quickly, but I just want to say once again that if you haven't signed up for the NOLA.com Times-Picayune daily newsletter that comes out, you need to do it. Just go to the NOLA.com website, follow the directions. You'll be really glad that you did. It's, it's a very great newsletter, and you'll have access when you do to stories like what Jeff just wrote, and it is a fascinating story of – their love and commitment to the city. And at the end of the day, this foundation, how important is this foundation going to be to the city? Well, it's extraordinary, uh, unprecedented situation, Ricky. The, the way it's going to work now, the succession plan, because Gail Benson does not have any heirs, the teams have to be sold uh, upon her death. And uh, when that happens, Dennis Lausch will oversee the sale along with the NFL. They'll find new owners and Gail Benson's 74, very healthy right now. So we're, we're, we're not talking about something that's going to happen tomorrow. But the plan is in place. When it does happen, the, the multi-billion dollar proceeds, which is what's going to happen when you sell the Saints and the Pelicans, they're valued right now combined over $4 billion. Who knows what they'll be in a decade? Uh, so the, all those proceeds are going to go into a, a family trust. And she's designated a number of organizations in the New Orleans area. Uh, that she wants to uh, disperse the funds from the sale to, and then the rest of the money is all going to go into a foundation, the Tom and Gail Benson Charitable Foundation. And each year they will award grants uh, for decades uh, into the city of New Orleans. Different hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. Big, by far, to be the biggest foundation in the state of Louisiana. There's really nothing close because we're talking about billions of dollars will be in that in that fund. So if you're interested in this story, and it is a great story, you ought to go to go to NOLA.com and take a look at it. Hey, let's shift gears real quick. I watched the, the uh, Jameis Winston press conference. One of the questions that was asked of him is this notion or this rumor that somehow Peyton lacks confidence in Jameis. So what's your thoughts about that? That was my question. <laughs> ah, good. I didn't realize you were the one who asked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I asked yeah. him about it. He gave a great answer. And I think he made a great point is that he has to earn the trust. I thought what he said was very candid and uh, refreshing, how he his viewpoint of it, of, uh, look, this is Sean Payton's offense. He's been successful. I have to fit in, and I have to earn that trust. He said Drew Brees didn't have that trust after four games either. He had to earn it, and uh, I think that's what we're seeing right now is is a quarterback and head coach learning what, make each, what makes each other tick, and uh, they're going to get there. It's just I it's, thought his answer was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did too. I, I think he stands up. I think he's because that's let's do. I know this. I know this group. That's a tough group, man. If you're losing, that's a tough group. They, they're smart as hell and they ask tough questions. I think he stands up to that group as good as I've ever seen a quarterback stand up to that group. He's yeah. calm. He's thoughtful. He's collected. And he says the right things. Well, and he's accountable. You know, he's not dodging it. He, he's saying, I need to play better. And, and I really thought he played his best game last week. Uh, against the Giants. His numbers were terrific. He really was never in harm's way with the ball. Uh, he, he took care of the ball. The, the team just, the, that game turned, Ricky, when, when Saquon Barkley had that big, quick score, 50, I think 52-yard touchdown. The momentum changed, and they were a desperate team. And you could just sense uh, the energy on their sideline and, and the body language changing. And they got the momentum right at the very end of the game, and the, the Saints couldn't reverse it. And it just was one of those things. 
And Sean Payton's message afterwards, you can't let a team like that. But, but Jeff, you and, you and I both know, and most Saints fans know this, that boy, in order for this offense to work, for his this scheme, this, this game scheme that he has developed, he has to have confidence in his kicker. Yeah, and, it, and he doesn't. And that's why Aldrick Rosas is no longer with the Saints. And they brought in Cody Parker this week, uh, another veteran kicker, to stem the tide until they get to Will Lutz back. Uh, he should be back here in a few weeks. Uh, but the fact that Sean Payton didn't have confidence in Rosas, who had missed two field goals uh, in a row against New England, made that game a little closer than it should have been. Uh, I think that messed with Sean Payton's head a little bit in his decision-making. He, he bypassed a chance to kick, a, I think, a 48-yarder and then tries a 58-yarder later on. Neither one of those decisions turned out uh, in the Saints' favor. And in a close game like that where you end up going to overtime, it, it ultimately ends up costing you the game. Well, I said at the beginning of the show, <clears throat> you wrote a column that said, <clears throat> reasons to believe the Yo-Yo Saints can go on a run. You believe it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've done it in the past. I mean, like I mentioned, the the record in October, November, uh, it should give Saints fans confidence that this coaching staff and the and look, they're going to get a lot of really good players back. I know they don't make excuses in New Orleans. It's one of my favorite things about Sean Payton. But the reality is, some of their best players, including two of their best defensive linemen and two of their best offensive linemen, and their best receiver and their All Pro kicker, have all been out. Uh, and they're all going to be back in the next two to three weeks. And I think this team's going to take off. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah, there's, you see it, man. Even in this game this past weekend, come on, let's face it. It it had all the makings of a win. And just a few plays here or there changed everything. I was disappointed in the defense. They looked pretty porous there toward the end of that game. But I, I know they'll get that fixed. We've seen that before. But, Jeff, um, keep up the great work. Thank you for joining us on Fridays. And uh, I'm assuming you think they're going to do pretty well against Washington. Yeah, I'll be shocked if they don't win this game easily. Uh, and then go into the bye week at 3-2, and two, get rested up, get healed up, get some of these injured players back, and make a big run. Absolutely. This has been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Supertalk MS Coast 103.1. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.